0: Okay, so we welcome you back to the Waves of Radio Islam International. We now move on to the second segment of our program, and that is where we take a look at the questions which our listeners send to us, and Mufti will then answer and respond to those questions. Mufti so there's a question here that reads, am I allowed to use any gold-plated
1: dishes and spoons? bismillahir rahim So with regards to dishes and uh, utensils. Hmm. Uh, There are different scenarios in this regard. Uh, We know that something that is gold and silver, uh, it is not permissible to use that. And this is prohibited by the Hadith. Uh, Then you have something which has portions of gold and silver on it. So if that is not where you actually use, you know, the item, it's just an adornment, but it doesn't form the main part of it, then um, then it will be permissible. And then, in terms of coated with gold and silver, uh, it is permissible to use uh, items that are gold and silver plated. So there is permission for that.
0: Okay, Jazakla for that, Muftisab. Another message is, um, can Muftisab please give his opinion on Mercedes Agility plan or BMW plan where you rent the car and pay a balloon payment at the end or switch for a new car and continue paying?
1: Unfortunately, you know, I won't be able to give my opinion on it because I haven't analyzed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not in a position to comment on something without having you know, information on it. So, I would think that the best thing is to contact them and see if it's uh, approved by any of the reputable muftis, and then you can take it from there.
0: Okay, Jazakla for that, muftis. Up. Another question is: Okay, let's go to discussions. How do we dispose of papers, Islamic books, and things which have Quranic verses on them? Can we use a paper shredder for that, and then bury the shreds?
1: Okay. In terms of, uh, you know, what one should do with uh, these uh, Islamic books or even the noble Quran. So, in the old days, you know, the ink used to get washed off. All right. So, then the ulama would uh, say that it, uh, you should put it in a river and get the ink washed off from the paper.
0: Mm.
1: But that doesn't uh, happen anymore. And uh, the ink is now, you know, it doesn't wash off even you put it in the water. So therefore, the better thing to do is to bury these things in a place where nobody walks. Mm. And uh, uh, you should put, maybe, wrap it in a cloth if it's Qurans, Mushafs, or Islam. You know, uh, has the names of Allah and things like that. To put it in a cloth, or even put some hood over it and bury it in a place where people will not walk. That is how you should uh, you know dispose of this.
0: Okay, for that. moves up, another question is okay. So this is a bit of a lengthy question. Let's go through it. The person says, I have subscribed to a limited internet connection package at home. The monthly rent of the package is seventy-nine. So they're giving the the price is in dirhams. Uh, for 150 hours, beyond which the extra hours will be charged at a certain rate. My usage is more than 150 hours every month, but my bill is always coming seventy-nine dirhams every month. I have informed my service provider regarding my extra usage no action no action has been taken please advise whether i can continue with my current plan or should i upgrade according to my usage in which case i need to pay
1: more the onus is on the service provider to collect their money and uh, in this case you know you've done your best to try and notify them they haven't charged you so this is negligence on their part They lack of initiative in this matter Despite you informing them, you know, has absolved you of any sin. So you may continue with the basic prescription uh, and you may change to an alternative package that defla- reflects your usage. And um, if you continue with this, and uh, you are not automatically absolved from your debt, meaning that despite their neglect in, and your reminder to them, just say at a later stage they come back and they say that this is how much you used. And then you will be morally required to compensate them accordingly
0: okay another question moved this up I heard that a hadith says that food must be covered at night as a sickness comes at night and affects all open food is this a hadith please can we get a reference if I forget to cover some food overnight can I consume it the next day
1: so in Sahih Muslim there is a hadith of Sajjabi says that he heard Nabi saying that that tool in cover the utensil uh, the utensil used for eating and drinking because there will be a night during the year during which the an epidemic will fall and whenever such epidemics will pass by an uncovered eating or drinking utensil it shall infect it there's also another narration which says that uh, when night falls cover your eating utensils seal your water skins close your doors and turn off your lamps so both these ahadith are authentic and Imam Nawawi said that, you know, this instruction that uh, one safeguard and protect oneself against shaitan and the sickness and all of this, he says that it may happen that sometimes something falls into the utensil, a person drinks it unmindfully or at night someone uses the utensil. Uh, so it is permissible to eat from a utensil that was left open. But this is, you know, where the Messenger Housem has given us uh, advice. For our own benefit, because it mm. could be possibly harmful for us
0: very very true uh for that musthab is it farad or sunnah to cover the hair whilst eating? do you get sin for not covering your hair whilst eating
1: so it's not farad or sunnah to no sunnah to cover the hair while eating, uh, so there's no sin in leaving the hair uh, uncovered while eating, however, it's mustahab it's a recommended. To cover their head while eating. And covering the head, it's a mark of respect also. You know, it's a sh- sign, a shayan of the deen. So, therefore, we would advise that people cover their hair uh, or the head while eating.
0: Okay, Jazakla, for that. Well, up. another question is so uh, this question comes from a listener from, uh, from the US. So, they say that many students here in the US take the drug Adderall to focus and study for exams and schoolwork. I believe the drug is usually prescribed to people who have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, what they call ADHD. So then they're asking, can this drug be used for those not prescribed to the drug from a doctor to study? Many students have been asking around whether or not it is permissible. If you could kindly shed some
1: light on this issue. Uh, So, you know, it's a specific drug for a specific purpose. Hmm. Uh, and uh, we would say that, you know, any type of medication or anything should be taken with the guidance of a doctor Because it may cause serious bodily injury
0: hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, the prescription of Adderall without or using it without the prescription may be illegal So, you know, therefore, uh, you know, necessity is confined to its need and so therefore we would say that you shouldn't be taking this for the purpose that people want to use it for studying and things like that. Uh, we are bound to uphold the laws of the country uh, which are not contrary to the Sharia. And as such, one should endeavor to respect and follow the laws of the country.
0: Okay, JazakAllah for that. Another question, muftisab I would like to know with regards to leaving an Islamic world, what exactly is the legal
1: ruling? Is it wajib, is it fard, or is it sunnah? Okay, so depending on your circumstances, uh, to make a bequest of your fidya for massalah and fast, and mazzakat and hajj, that becomes a debt that you owe to someone, that is wajib. Uh, And an important point to bear in mind is that only one-third of the estate can be utilized for paying the fidya Mm. and massalah. So that is a wajib uh, will. Then you have a mubah will, a bequest made for a wealthy person without the intention of reward. Then you have a makru will, a bequest that is made for a farsic or open transgressor and a mustahab will where a bequest in a bequest made you know you know just for for the sake of uh, benefiting people so it will be wajib only when there are outstanding Jews and other than that it will be mustahab
0: okay Please advise whether I can do contractual work for retail supermarkets such as pick-and-pay-checkers, etc. The work when it will involve staff training. These outlets do sell alcohol and other haram products. Please advise if my earnings will be classified as
1: halal. Yeah, so if you're doing staff training for a retail supermarket, which requires uh, that, you know, individuals are trained and taught on certain things and their responsibilities, then that is fine. That doesn't affect the fact that, you know, these... Supermarkets do sell items which are haram, but this doesn't affect you in the way that you are rendering a specific service to them
0: okay can sadaqah or charity money collected in the masjid be deposited in a bank to be used at a later time for needy or it has to be in personal possession to give to needy we have five accounts of charity as a separate account all transactions are made through one running account if we need to give charity to the needy we need to first transfer money into the running account and then write a check is it permissible to give charity in
1: this way Yes, it is permissible to deposit sadaqah monies into a bank account. And uh, it's also permissible to dispose of the charity through a bank facility. However, one should be careful that the amount is not contaminated with bank interest. And uh, it's not necessary to have physical possession of the money to dispense it into sadaqah money. You don't have to physically give it if you make a transfer or e-wallet or any other modern way of transferring money. That is fine, and it, uh, the Sadqa will be fulfilled.
0: Okay, Mufti. Another question is how uh, how to perform such tatoo tilawa. What happens if I have years of such tatoo tilawa which I didn't do? Is there kaza for it?
1: We know there are 14 tatoo tilawa in the verses of the Noble Quran. Uh, it's all indicated, and when one hears any of these verses, it's necessary. It's wajib on the person to make such tilawa and one should try to do it as soon as possible in the case where one forgets it would remain necessary to perform that and the procedure is that in the state of wudu you know, you know stand, stand up, say Allahu Akbar without raising the hands and then go straight into Sajda and say Subh'ana Rabbi ala three times and come out of Sajda uh, whilst, whilst coming up saying Allahu Akbar there's no Salaam after standing up although it's better to begin and end the Sajda from a standing position It's also, you know, it can also be done from uh, the jalsa, the sitting position. And sarjah is prohibited when the sun is rising precisely at zawal time and at the time when the sun has changed color just before sunset. Uh, If you've missed for many years, you need to do what is tahari, You need to average an amount out and try to come to a final amount. uh, And then accordingly, uh, one would then observe that amount. Uh, of sajatilawa and uh, if a person passed away without making sajatilawa uh, uh, and then the person you know you, you didn't get the time to do it so you should put a, a you will see it in your world to say that I have so many Sajjatilawa outstanding and then for each Sajjatilawa, uh, one would pay a full figure for that the same figure of salah and uh, uh, so those are the laws broadly speaking, with regards to Sajjah
0: Okay, JazakAllah, so much for that, Muftus I think it's very, very, very important that we uh, keep this, you know, this particular muslah that Muftus just explained to us about Sajdah tilawa. Many times, alhamdulillah, we're making Tilawat, we're reciting Quran, but sometimes maybe we're reciting it, um, you know, maybe on the way to work, at work, maybe it's not the easiest of places to make a Sajdah at that time. Or sometimes even, we might even be reciting it at home in the masjid, but maybe sometimes it's just a bit lazy to put the Quran down and make the Sajdah. So we tell ourselves the okay, after I finish my my recital, then I'll make the sajdah, and then we forget. But as Mufti Sab has explained uh, to us here, we can see it's a very grave issue. It should not, not be something that we neglect. We should be very, very regular in performing the sajdahs. May Allah taala inspire us all to practice. Mufti Sab, if a man issues his wife with two talaks, and then they want to reconcile, should they wait
1: for her iddah to finish? Yes, so uh, depending on the type of talak that is uh, been given, also if a man had issued two talaks, uh, so if it is a the, you know the 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 talak that is given now the second one, if it's a talak raji or talak-e ba'in, if hmm. uh, if it's a talak raji was issued, then they may reconcile with his wife during the idda without conducting a uh, However, if the ida expires, then he will have to make a new nikah, and then he can reconcile. In the case of talaqe bain, uh, he, he cannot reconcile with her without any niqah. He needs to make a nikah. The niqah can be done during the ida or after the ida, both ways. Uh, so this is the two situations with regards to whether it is a talaqe raji or talaqe bain.
0: Okay, JazakAllah for clarifying that for us. up another question here that comes is, uh, Salaam, can a woman uh, make dhikr or read morning or evening du'as without covering her hair in the confines of her home?
1: Yes, yeah, she is allowed to do that. She can read uh, the du'as without covering her hair. Uh, that would be permissible. If she's finding it difficult to go co- to cover her hair, she doesn't have a scarf or burqa on hand, then she can read it in that, even though we will say that it's better that she covers her hair does it but if for whatever reason she's now you know a distant away the home from the burqa and she wants to read her uh, to us or you know the morning evening to us then that it'd be fine yes
0: okay another question assalamu alaikum muftisab trust you are well i need some clarity on something regarding the deceased i was told that we are not allowed to read quran or surah Yasin for the Marhum, we are allowed to make dua and give sadaqa
1: on their behalf. Is this correct? So th- there is some discussion carrying around with certain groupings, but uh, our position in the matter is that, yes, a person, the best way to benefit the Marhumin is to uh, give charity on their behalf, meaning to do some sadaqatul jariyah on their behalf, a monetary way. Uh, in terms of the recitation of the Noble Qur'an, and in terms of uh, performing any other good deed and sending the reward to them there are some who are against this uh, but uh, our viewpoint is that it can be done and so you can you know perform a good deed and uh, send the reward to the uh, to the marhumin like the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam slaughtered the qurbani on behalf of the entire ummah so that way you know any other good deed that could be done and then the reward is sent to the Marhomeen, uh, whether it is surah yaseen or it is uh, any other um, act of uh, you know that is done however when it comes to the Marhomeen, we shouldn't then gather specifically on a spe- on a specific date with the intention of uh, you know coming together to send uh, a reward to the Marhomeen. so sometimes people have a specific gathering on the 40th day or the 10th day or 3 days and they say now we're sending sawab for the manhomin uh, it should be general so that to avoid you know when it comes to the aspect of bidah uh, the main thing is what's a person's belief with regard to something and when we consider something binding which is permissible then that is when that thing becomes a bidah so gathering at a specific date uh you know that is the problem uh, when we gather at a specific date but in general it is permissible for us to send sawab to the manhomin
0: Okay, Mufsab, let's take a look. There's, uh, there's actually another question that has come through now. Um, because, you know, Mufsab was speaking about the Sajdah Tilawa. So they say, Salamu alaikum, is the kada for Sajdah Tilawa not done in Tarawih Salah? So they say it was last year when we went for Umrah, not knowing it was a Sajdah, we thought it was a Rukuh, and we were confused. Only afterwards we realized what happened. But it was too late as the Imam already began Tilawa again. Please advise. Jazakumullah
1: khair no if that uh, sajda was not made in salah there is no qadha for it uh, qadha cannot be made for that sajda uh, so one just has to make tawbah and istighfar uh, for having missed a sajda tilawah
0: well here's another question which up if a woman is not in haze but continues
1: to bleed can she still read salah and quran now this is a bit more complex in the sense that if she's not in haze but she continues to bleed, then yes, she can still read Qur'an and perform salah. She should just ensure that, uh, uh, you know, she makes her wudu. So if the bleeding is continuous, then obviously she will be a ma'adhur. So what she should do is at the entry time of the salah, she will make a fresh wudu And then at the time when she's performing salah, she should just ensure that, uh, you know, all najasa, uh, the blood has been removed and that uh, there's no blood, uh, you know, on her. Uh, and then she can perform her salah and she will also read Qur'an. All right, Mustafa, we'll
0: we leave it there for today. It's already just two or three minutes left before 10 o'clock. We still have an ad break uh, to take. Uh, Jazakallah so much for all the questions and answering all those questions. Mustafa, we'll Allah subhanahu wa taala reward you.
1: Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.